This is Shonda Allen Hill, and you are listening to Cut to the Chase. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Cut to the Chase. Today's episode represents a significant milestone in Cut to the Chase history. Not only are we recording episode 35, but, or excuse me, 75, but we are also completing season three. Completing season three was a monumental task with regards to the fact that we completed recording 75 episodes in less than 11 months since our inception. And so in order to bring forth something that I thought would be so uplifting and so powerful and so transcending as it relates to Cut to the Chase, I decided to reach out to a family member. And this family member is someone that I truly, truly love. Her accolades and credentials are far by exceeding any other uh, family member that, that, that I've known to date. I mean, her work and body of, of, of effort that she's put out there and casts upon the world is just stellar. But before I introduce her, let's talk a little bit about what we're going to talk about today. So today's episode, episode 75, is entitled, All of Your Energy is Going to Your Mouth. It is based on a book written by my family member, which basically kind of highlights that you have a gold mine and it's not your paycheck, it's not your pension, it's not your property. It's neatly packaged behind each action and gesture and movement every second, every minute, every hour, every day. It's really housed between your two ears. It's below your nose. It's below your eyes. It assumes the power and energy, which is basically under attacked by the deception and a distraction of conversations. These conversations are used to bait and drain the energy that fuels our creativity and innovation. So we're going to explore this powerful book. And so before we jump into those questions, I am going to introduce not only my family member, but our featured guest today, who has been a public servant in higher power for over 20 years. She currently serves as an associate director for the Center of Computation Chemistry at Jackson State University. The center focuses on computation applications to improve health and environment related issues. The center's portfolio comprised of mainly external government and industry funds is approximately $15 million. She is the lead facilitator for all the research and education components, collaborations with teams and postdoc facility, or excuse me, faculty and students. She received a BA from Tougaloo and an MBA and PhD in higher education from Jackson State University. Since 2010, she graduated from Harvard University in a management development program and additional has taught as an adjunct professional professional in the educational leadership areas in the areas of advanced elementary statistics. She is also certified in machine learning and artificial intelligence and in data analytics from Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT, and an associate of international certification professional accounts respectively. She is also a life learner and believes in keeping cutting-edge education, research, and opportunity at the forefront and center of all of her body of work. 
She is also an author who released this book entitled All of Your Energy is Going to Your Mouth back in 2018. As a self-documented, fast-growth energy, thieves of the 21st century, unproductive conversation. And before I introduce her, I must say that she's a mom, she's a friend, she's a family member, she's someone, as I stated before, that I truly, truly love and respect. Um, We have just such chemistry between the two of us. And without further ado to our listeners, I would like to introduce Ms. Shonda Allen Hill. Do you have any opening remarks? Thank you. Thank you so much, Greg, for that introduction. Yes, I do have opening remarks. I am so excited about Cut to the Chase. Thank you for having me on this podcast. But I want to tell you, this podcast and the mission for this podcast, the idea that you're taking everyday conversations from everyday folks and we're sharing our life stories to pull the gold out of them. I Mm -hmm. think this is phenomenal. It's wonderful because most of my life, major life changes have come from my neighbors, the Mm -hmm. stories of my friends next door. And so this, I'm so excited to be here and to be a part of this, uh, you know, revolutionary podcast. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you. We're, we're certainly delighted to, uh, to have you here. And uh, I think, I think first and foremost, a lot of people are always curious, you know, because the mantra behind Cut to the Chase is based on friends, family, and professional colleagues. And so I've always strived each season to try to have at least one family member on board to really keep this thing kind of organically real. And uh, this has been a blessing, not only to have you at the end of season three to represent our 75th episode, but also to talk about something that is it's really so powerful. I mean, you know, the title of your book, All of Your Energy is Going to Your Mouth. I think that is just something that that is going on in today's society that's going on, you know, in our world that we really need to kind of stay focused on. And there's just so many things I want to dive into and talk to you about today. But before we do that, you know, one of the chapters in your book talks a little bit about, you know, the Bureau of Labor Statistics and how Americans spend their time communicating and socializing, you know, in the top, you know, um, average household activities consist of, you know, television and social media, cell phone and so forth and so on. Well, at least when this report came out, when you wrote your book, you know, they said the average American adult spends, you know, 4.5 hours per day, you know, utilizing just their cell phones. And then of course, two, Point two hours of this is utilized for emails and other social uh, type of platforms. And so I think those numbers have probably gone up. But in hindsight, when you were doing your research for that and you discovered that, you know, typically we're supposed to sleep six to eight hours. And then, of course, now we're spending so much time between, you know, media and, and, and television and programming. I mean, you have to realize that you know, the balance here between sleep and communication, you know, it's it's almost equal, you know, as a part of your 24-hour day. What are your thoughts behind that? Yeah, absolutely. My thoughts are the following. I guess those things would be fine if statistically Americans and frankly, people worldwide were uh, 
providing uh, uh, what we call a happier quotient. Mm-hmm. Right now, the statistics show that at least 30 to 40 percent of Americans, and that number is a little lower for people worldwide, mm-hmm. are unsatisfied with their lives. Right. They're just not happy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, family situations, they're just not satisfied with how their relationships are developing in their families. Mm-hmm. Not happy. Um, I just pulled the latest statistics regarding mm-hmm. people that were in my area. Greg, frankly, let me just kind of roll back as we answer this question really quickly. Sure. Sure. Um, this book came out of the idea that basically I was figuratively drowning. Mm-hmm. Okay? I was drowning in life. Mm-hmm. For the better part of the last 20 years of my life, I have mm-hmm. pretty much been in the middle. And in America, the largest class is the middle class. It is more than just a statement when people say that you are in the middle class of something. Mm-hmm. You are in the middle of life. And that generally means people are in the middle of positions regarding their careers. In my case, I'm in upper middle management. But it's still middle management all the same. That Mm -hmm. means you're caught between high-level executives and, you know, your supervisees. Mm -hmm. In the middle of family situations, I am what they would, someone would call, research calls, a sandwich generation. I'm Mm -hmm. still raising children under the age of 18. Mm -hmm. And I have parents over the age of 65. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm in the middle of being a wife, a community worker, a volunteer, and being an entrepreneur. Right. So I want, I'm a person, I want to, wants to see um, my personal and individual dreams come to fruition. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm realizing is that I have no problem with the stats that we quoted. I mean, I think social media is wonderful. The amount of time that people spend communicating with each other, we are communal beings. That's fantastic. Um, the sleep issues, sleep deprivation, however, that's a problem in, in the United States and worldwide. But I don't have a problem with those things. If people were happier as we were moving through the process of doing or not doing these particular things. Mm-hmm. So what I come to realize is I had to do a self-scan of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to realize that, first of all, I'm not alone in this process. Right now, there are about approximately 28 million people who are career-wise in the same situation that I'm in, middle managers, line supervisors, people in administrative positions. The problem is, according to Pew Research right now, over 30% of those folks are unhappy in those career areas. I'm not alone. Nearly 47% of adults who are around our age, between the 40s and the 50s, they have parents age 65 and over, and Pew Research shows. They have children that are 18 or younger, And about only 30% of those people feel like that they're happy. So what what I had to realize was I had to figure out if I really can't manage right now the, the, the time ratio, meaning 
that there are certain demands that are on our lives that in seasons of our lives, we really aren't able to change. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. the children have to be at school at 745. You've got to be at work from Mm -hmm. nine to five. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. a control factor that can't change. Mm -hmm. The money factor probably will not change overnight. I'm Mm -hmm. talking about the time, energy, money nexus issue that we find ourselves in. Mm -hmm. So if the time is not going to change necessarily right now that we're having to invest in different situations and the money factor perhaps is not going to change overnight, the one factor that I needed to deal with was my energy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. I needed to examine where is my energy going? And more importantly, since I'm not very happy in these areas of my life, where is the leakage? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I had to go mm-hmm. kind of on this, you know, Pink Panther investigation <laughs> looking <Right>. for <laughs> my the the top energy leaks in my life. Sure. Sure. And after my investigation, I found that one sneaky little uh, energy leak was unproductive conversations that I were having. Um, And these range anywhere from unproductive conversations, dealing with emails at work, trying to make things work well there, Mm -hmm. conversations that I'm having at home with family members. So mm-hmm. that's where I actually boil down the, you know, the the factor that energy is so important in how we manage and maximize it. Right. Well, we certainly appreciate that insight and when you when you when you bring up the fact of unproductive conversations and just in general, you know, as we as as I'm thinking through kind of classifying, you know, how in a lot of cases, we waste time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's just so many variables of you know how you have classified you know your research and your study with regards to unproductive communication. But if we were to expand that just for a moment, you know, and I just want to segue is the fact that you know there are, there are case studies out there right now that that say you know if you're surfing so- social media and you're just strolling through and you're you're not really, you know, it's kind of mind-numbing searching, you know, you're wasting time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so many of us do that and it's not necessarily research, it's just because they're wanting to be transcended into something else that helps them forget about their problems or forget about what's going on or just be, you know, vicariously living their lives through someone else. Mm-hmm. And so it's it it was very intriguing for me because obviously I never really looked at the fact the way you explained it in the book as this really being kind of a science you know as as far as you taking forth the notion of really digesting all of these things that you've described as mill America and then trying to really hone in on the percentage of unproductive, you know, things, or in this particular case, unproductive conversation that really was taking away your energy. Because like you said, it is, it can be mentally draining, Mm -hmm. you know, to have conversation after conversation after conversation. And then you say, 
what did I gain from that? What was the value? Was was there anything that's going to benefit me going forward? And you know, I can relate. You know, as as being probably one of the first family members to step out into the entrepreneurial space, that you know, it was transcending for me to kind of recalibrate myself and my skills earlier on when I left Mississippi to be focused and to be driven on those things that were really going to add value. And of course, as well as you know, as, as well as the family, you know, I've had, you know, ups and downs and successes and failures and so forth and so on. But, you know, I think when I look back, I'd really never qualified or define some of those areas such as you have as as related to unproductive conversation. I think I phrase it as meaningless conversation <laughs> because it really didn't add significance to to kind of what was going to help me move forward. And I think we all go through that in life. But how you've classified it in the book, I, I just think it brings so much relevance to, like you said, so many millions and millions of people that are stuck in a rut. You know, you 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 have to figure out how do you make that change? How do you change that behavior? How do you have that fulfillment? And and believe it or not, you're you're spot on when you say there's so many people that are that are unhappy. Because, you know, if you were happy, you know, you'd be considering things a lot differently. You know, like the example I used earlier, you know, kind of the mind numbing just strolling through, you know, social media, but really not trying to gain any context from what you're doing. You're just doing it, you know, aimlessly. And, you know, through this program, through Cut to the Chase, you know, we've discovered you know, that happiness in, in some of our episodes starts with yourself, just like just like your research. Your research started with yourself. And sometimes it comes back to the fallacy and the simple question that when you get up out of bed in the morning and you look at yourself in the mirror and you ask yourself that question, the why, are you happy? Yeah. You know, and, and you, when you look at the individual, whether it's man, woman, boy or girl, and that reflection, you know, gives you the answer that you don't want or you're not perceived to to accept. The next step for anyone should be to take action. And so, you know, the context that you explain in your book, particularly as it relates to the fact that the currency of your life you know, and the currency of not only what you cast out in the world, but how the world receives that. As they say, what you put out in the universe typically comes back to you tenfold. In this particular case, you know, we have experienced just just here recently, obviously, we've just completed an inauguration. We've just gone through a monumental change, you know, from what it was before to hopefully what it will be in prosperity going forward. But a classic example of, you know, all of your energy, you know, between Twitter and this, that, and the other. I mean, I, I say to myself, I mean, I, in my lifespan, 50 years, I had never seen, you know, uh, a POTUS have that much access to social media, not to say that it was right or wrong. And I'm not casting any blame one way or the other, because I'll just stay neutral on the topic, exactly. but a clear bona fide example of the type of energy that was expended out there and what it created and what it fostered and what it fueled that brought things into a very negative extremity for all Americans. And, you know, when those type of things happen, 
then you know your your classic statement of unproductive conversation you know ranks way up there at the very top right. <laughs> and, and and you know I, i'm i'm sorry for kind of going off on a tangent no. but i mean i i found i found that there was just so many things you know relatable from the book you know as it related to energy because like I said, it required me to think differently when I read the book, just to be in the frame of mind that says, what have I done in the past that maybe I shouldn't be doing in the future? And and to me, that's important because those things are actionable. You know, They force you to kind of get out of your comfort zone and, and be very aware mm-hmm. and cognitive to what you have to do in order to have the insight and influential means of being able to go forward in the right manner, you know, to be successful. So I I have to chime in, Greg, you said something so important. Um, first it will be the, the, the psychological termination, uh, uh, definition is Mm -hmm. meta conversation. Okay. Uh, Metacognition is just kind of taking a look, uh, thinking about what you're thinking and Mm -hmm. meta conversation is pretty much thinking about what you're saying. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, I want to I want to kind of roll back a second on what sure. you're talking about when you're talking about social media. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about this until you stated it. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the main points, particularly since I've now kind of delved into entrepreneurship and marketing, one of the main points of social media is, of course, hopefully, to spread useful and good information. Mm-hmm. As you know, 92% of Americans own cell phones and spend about 4.5 hours of our day of usage mm-hmm. just in social media. What mm-hmm. happens that I think we don't really recognize is that as we are scrolling through our phones and scrolling through Facebook and all of these mm-hmm. wonderful things, um, we're really having a conversation. Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. People are sharing with us what they think. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, when people are marketing, you're receiving sponsored ads, they are telling you what you should think. Mm-hmm. As we continue to scroll through, systems are set up now, algorithms mm-hmm. are developed to determine what clicks. Um, what clicks are you maximizing to later on help me to predict mm-hmm. what you are interested in next? Sure. And, you know, SEO, um, all of these different types of marketing, these things eventually, what these things are, let's just boil them down to what they really are. Mm-hmm. You are having a conversation. Mm-hmm. with these particular areas of media and they mm-hmm. are sharing with you information either what they would like for you to think or encouraging you to think in a certain way and later on as you continue to engage it eventually begins to predict what it is that you like and soon as you begin to click on your phone click on your laptops you really don't necessarily have to think about what you like anymore. 
because algorithms have traced and, 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 and they have begun to analyze for you the type of media that you're interested in, the type sure. of um, music that you like. These mm-hmm. different types of things then begin to suggest to you what you like, what you're interested in. And as these things continue to suggest and predict, remember, I taught statistics, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They begin to predict, just suggest and predict. When you click on your phone, open up your social media next time, a lot of times your innovation is gone. You don't necessarily mm-hmm. have to think about what it is that you want anymore. Right. Okay? Right. The, the marketing tells you what you want. Yeah. And it sounds so simple, but the problem is it gets by us. Be- and how? How does it get by us? Because 4.5 hours a day tells right. you that it gets by us. And right. the statistic that we're not happy in the state that we're currently in tells mm-hmm. us. And mm-hmm. what happens is we're having these conversations. Let's call them what they are. In a lot of cases, they are unproductive conversations because they're not leading us to the outcomes that we're wanting with our children, to the outcomes that we're wanting in our careers and in our family life. Some of them are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you know what happens is that we don't have to think anymore. And yeah. what does that mean? That means that innovation and creativity belongs in the hands of other people, not mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. So you have just... Whether you, when we talk about unproductive and meaningless conversations, it's more than just you and I having a voice mm-hmm. conversation as we're speaking right now. We're mm-hmm. talking about us mindlessly moving throughout the day because our either our subconscious is speaking to us or our conscious is speaking to us every minute of the day. One of the two. And so as we're meaningless moving throughout the day. Someone is speaking to you and we are responding. The question is, are these conversations taking us where we want to go? Is somebody else predicting our future for us? And where's your innovation going? Yeah. Bottom line. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think you hit on, you know, just, just a a bunch of, um, you know, extraordinary points. And I guess for me, you know, since I've, you know, my background where I've been, you know, involved with, data and management of, of others' data, you know, when you strip away kind of the critical thinking, and like you said, you, you put yourself into a, a mindless thought process, eventually you are in a position over time, inevitably, you're, you're just cloning, you know, a perception of what you want, you know, things to be in life. And as long as Big Brother is doing that for you, and you're okay with that, then eventually that's where you will end up, you know, as, as you've, as you've alluded to, you know, kind of subliminally. But, you know, for me, it, it has always been a very dangerous proposition when all of the benefits of technology that have great benefits to our society and to our innovation, they also have a huge detrimental aspect, as you've alluded to, with regards to how they shift the overall perception and how they require you to think less, how they require you to be more efficient, and so forth and so on in life. And so, you know, we've gotten away from 
the talking aspect where we would have the meet and greet and the socialism and the debates and the discussions and various things in person or over the phone to now people very seldomly talk on the phone. They would prefer the text or, or, or write, you know, in, in hashtags. And so, you know, we've gotten away from, you know, the one point that has really made us such a thriving, um, you know, uh, mankind overall in, in allowing for, as, as I was told once before, allowing for a computer to think for you, which, you know, it's good to have those type of tools and skills, but it's also good to know that what you put into something, does it always give you the right answer? And because, you know, if you put something bad in, you're going to get bad out. <laughs> and, and, and a lot of people don't realize that. And so for me, you know, when I was coming up through, as I say, the hard school of Knox and, and, and honing in on my craft um, in, in project controls and project management and all these other great things we've done for a lot of government projects, you know, critical thinking starts with the fact that you understand how to do it on paper first. You understand the mathematics, you understand the calculations, you understand how to check the checker, you know, in, in the aspect. And so for me, the communication is, is about the same. You know, if I see something, I read something, you know, people put things out there like you just stated, you know, for you to be able to not think because here you are, you've clicked on something that basically says, this is the communication I want to show you. But is it real? You know, you know, is it factual? You know, I mean, we've just lived that, you know, which I mentioned uh, earlier on, we just lived that, you know, four years, four years of that. And, you know, you have to be in a frame of mind to really ensure that in the context of what we're talking about today is yes it pulls your energy but it also it also if you're if you're wise enough it also requires you to put forth some effort of critical thinking yeah. and ensuring that what is being spewed out there in the world is factual you know okay. enough for you to be able to say Hey, I can believe this or not, and not just accept it for what it is, because we can't all be followers. I mean, some of us have to be leaders as well. <laughs> and sometimes we sometimes some of us have to go against the grain because going with the followers doesn't necessarily lead you to, you know, the promised land or to the life or to the fulfillment that you want to have. Right. And so those are just my thoughts, wow. you know. <laughs> awesome. No. I love it. And, you know, I tell you when you're, when you're talking, Greg, I, I just, I, you know, I just get such wonderful other ideas that help me through some very practical situations. I mm -hmm. thought about something that you said, um, the whole, the whole energy concept of, of us talking about how unproductive, meaningless conversations, whether they're via social media or not, um, sap and drain us of our innovation to a certain point. We mm -hmm. have to think about what the end result mm -hmm. of this is. Mm -hmm. It is for profit. Okay. Absolutely. It doesn't necessarily have to be for monetary profit. In a lot of cases, that is the end all. Right. It is for profit. And so mm -hmm. the reason why I wrote this book is that I personally 
was tired of someone else receiving my profit. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and here's, a, here's an example um, from the book. Well, let me just go back and say, one of the reasons why people want to predict your behavior, suggest things to you, and, liter- and eventually just think for you is because it leads to profit for their particular mm-hmm. product. It leads to mm-hmm. profit for their particular ideas, um, you know, just out of the situation, the political situation that we just saw from the past mm-hmm. four years ending, you know, 2021 here. Um, a lot of what has occurred, think about it, will be profitable for someone. Absolutely. Now, what you have to ask yourself is, who will profit from the millions of hours of Mm -hmm. social engagement, Mm -hmm. social media Mm -hmm. engagement? Who will profit from the millions of hours of negative talk? Who's Mm going to profit from all of that? That's right. And so if you as an individual sits back and actually conducts a conversation, body, a scan of your life and answer that question and say, either I participated in this or didn't participate in this. And and you look at your bottom line profit margin, see how Mm -hmm. much of that put money in your pocket or much of that put capital, positive capital in your personal relationships. How much Mm -hmm. of that do you walk away with and profit from? I want Mm -hmm. to share an example um, of a young lady who who is currently in one of our labs. As Mm -hmm. stated, I am in education. I've been there for over 20 years, and we have science labs uh, where we teach students how to research, and they graduate with their PhDs. Mm-hmm. This particular young lady was having a very stressful home relationship. Mm-hmm. As she continued to move forward to complete her PhD, her mm-hmm. relationship with her spouse seemed to intensify negatively. It's mm-hmm. the, the each when she would leave out in the mornings, for some reason, an argument would ensue. Mm -hmm. Um, it was just a lot of tension there to the point Mm -hmm. where she would come to the lab, which was her work. And she would come and she was frankly useless. Sure. To be honest, she was useless. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she would come and I will have one or two conversations, what I call compassion conversations with people on perhaps maybe twice. I'll have Mm -hmm. compassion conversations with people, okay? Meaning I'll invest my time in listening, engaging, and encouraging, okay? Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. after about the second time, we need to get to some solutions. Right. Okay? It's just not profitable for you anymore. Mm-hmm. So me knowing her, now I am definitely not a psychologist nor a psychiatrist, so I would encourage people to make sure that you're um that you have enough capital in your relationships 
to be able to suggest outcomes for people. Okay. Let me put that caveat there. However, when she, when she continued to come back, I told her, I said, sit down, let's evaluate this situation a little bit more. When you leave home, before you leave home in the morning, you are having a disagreement with your spouse that is costing you intellectual capital when you come to work. So here's Mm -hmm. what happens. You have a 20 to 30 minute argument before you walk out of the door. Mm -hmm. However, the problem is that the argument does not end after you leave. Right. It festers. You're upset. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When you get to work, it would take her a minimum of an hour. She would have class, okay, as soon as mm-hmm. she got to work, as soon as she got there on campus. She would sit in class for an hour and learn nothing. Mm-hmm. She's lost that time. Yep. Then she would come. It would take another hour. She's in class and she's cooling down, so she's paid. That's money. She's paid that hour of class. Then she comes to work and she's supposed to be conducting research. Mm -hmm. It takes her another hour to actually gather herself. So it took an hour to cool down, which was costing her class time. And it Mm -hmm. took an hour of away from her research time, which was her cool down time. Sure. By lunchtime, by lunchtime, she was finally beginning to gather herself. Mm-hmm. But guess what the problem was, Greg? Your time the lost. day was almost that's it. That's right. The day was almost over. So mm-hmm. I gave her I put this mathematically. I said, listen, you think you have a relationship problem. You don't have a relationship problem right now. You have a math problem. And here's right. the math problem. <laughs> mm-hmm. right. You right. are losing time in class that you not your husband, not your kids, and no one else. You're going to have to make up the time. So instead of an hour where you could have invested a single hour in putting your entire energy there 100%, you now have to make up the difference of learning the information and doing the homework. You've got to make up the research time. Okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the innovation and creativity that needed to go on top of analyzing the information for further usage. See, it's not just the homework and the classwork and the research time of you receiving the information and processing it. The second half of your day should have been for analyzing for innovation and creativity so that you can do what graduate students do, which is produce your own publications, produce your own presentations. You've lost that. So let's do math, okay? You can Mm -hmm. today in a deficit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right, right. From one 30-minute unprofitable conversation, okay? Very true. So Mm -hmm. that is, when, when people, I tell people a lot of times now, I had to realize, I understand that the out, the symptom looked like it was a relationship problem. The symptom mm-hmm. like it was a marital problem, 
but I think you need to take it out of, of this particular setting. You have a math problem right now. <laughs> Your right. problem is that you are not calculating and maximizing the energy that you have. What did she do? She went back home. The next day or in that week, when her spouse would come to her and would hit one of those hot topic buttons and what we right. start identifying what some of those hot topic buttons were, mm-hmm. you know, whether it was about the kids or whether you're not doing enough, whatever those hot topic buttons were, we identified those ahead of time. Yep. The minute, therefore she had what I call a, a radar scan. She sure. already had mentally Uh, metacognitively, she had identified and brought from her subconscious to her conscious mind what those hot topic buttons were. So Mm -hmm. he would come and when he would hit button number one. Sure. Okay. She, I gave her a prefab statement. Okay. And Mm -hmm. she would say one of the two, you know, statements, have a nice day. One of the things that she would do, I mean, just to release the stress is she would just throw her hand up and that she would right. say not today and she would right. move forward and walk away, <laughs> you know, right. but I right. always be polite. Have a nice day. Yep. Why, why is it? It's not being disrespectful because your spouse and other people, it's not to say that they aren't validated in some mm-hmm. issues that we need to handle. It mm-hmm. means that we have to choose the battles and when we need to discuss these things. And it is not before you're about to, to go into a hard eight-hour workday where you right. use your energy for innovation. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, and so consequently, she is about to graduate. I think she's finished up all of her, uh, most of her, dissertation work at this point, And she's about to graduate. I told her graduation is not an option. Mm-hmm. Here's another point, mm-hmm. Greg. Yep. People are going to be agitative. People are going to, quote unquote, hate on you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People yep. are going to do all of these things. Listen to this. Whether you are successful or not. That's correct. Whether you have money or not. That's correct. Whether you have a degree or not. I always say, let them do all of those things and you have money and you be successful and you have Mm -hmm. a degree. Okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because... Yeah. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Those issues are not going to stop. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're ongoing. Exactly. They're certainly ongoing. And, uh, you know, as we've talked about, you know, many of those folks, they don't realize the power in, you know, not only respecting that someone else has, you know, kind of placed out there, you know, and cast these are my goals and it's important for me to be successful in achieving those goals. And sometimes there has to be a little bit of compromise with regards to, you know, your, your spousal type of relationship, particularly if you're going after, 
you know, your PhD and the demands of, of anything that requires that much time, energy, and effort, mm-hmm. you know, there's gotta be a compromise. Mm-hmm. And certainly, um, certainly in your, your express story there, you know, it, it was clear that the boundaries were really not established and the big vision was not established to where they understood each other and not only at a, at a, at a macro level, but at a big picture level so that, you know, three years of sacrifice or two years of sacrifice is going to benefit all of us, yes. you know, when we achieve this goal or when she achieves this goal. Yes. And, you know, as long as you're a part of that and you're providing the energy that is needed to keep them motivated and keep them going in the right direction. Yeah, it hurts. You know, it, it certainly hurts to, to have to to face those things. But you just can't be a hindrance mm-hmm. all the time mm-hmm. because that doesn't help anyone. You know, I I would assume based on your story that the spouse is probably not happy either. I mean, because because like you said, you know, the things that are being said there is you're not giving enough time, you're not providing enough commitment, you know, this, that, or the other. Well, that's just a part of the course. That's a part of the process that you've got to go through in order to have the fulfillment of the bigger goal. It's not a forever. But you got to be committed to be able to weather the storm, you know? Yeah. Well, Shonda, this has been awesome. Um, you know, certainly we are we are running out of time. And, Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'd like to kind of, uh, you know, open this up for, for, you know, a few final remarks and, and takeaways that you would like to leave with our, with our audience. Absolutely. You know what? Here's, here's one main point. Okay. Mm-hmm. I had to realize that a lot of my conversations were negative and mm-hmm. this is what I found out. Uh, they were negative in my workplace. Um, mm-hmm. they, they were negative at home. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here's the takeaway. Mm-hmm. Degradation, which means degrading w- whatever situation I'm in. Sure. And innovation mm-hmm. will never share the same space. Mm. I will have to choose one or the other right. in my life. And if I'm going to choose profitability, whether it's monetary profitability, relationship mm-hmm. profitability, Mm-hmm. Uh, any other type of profitability, I mm-hmm. need to choose innovation. And so I need to keep those conversations productive. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, certainly uh, this has been been very insightful, very therapeutic. You know, I enjoy having these type of discussions with you. I'm just glad we were able to, to finally come together uh, in this platform to be able to kind of share some of the type of dialogue that we would typically have as as cousins, you know, to the world. And as I wrap up, there's just one quote on the back of your book that I'd like to leave our audience with. And it basically starts out from the title. All of your energy is going to your mouth is an insightful and illustrative approach to unveil the tactics causing the most damage to your personal growth with yourself, with your spouse, with your children, with God, and with others, the victory 
you will experience in life is determined by how we channel our most powerful instrument in communication, in learning, in sight, in respect, in our compassion, in our empathy. And that arsenal is your mouth. And so without further ado, people, we'd like to thank not only our listeners, our followership, and everyone that has been supportive in following this dream that I started, you know, as a bootstrap podcast and, you know, for us to complete our 75th episode, season three, to my cousin, Shonda Allen Hill. It's been a delight. I love you very much. Uh, thank you for being on the program. Yes. And everyone, you know, please be blessed, be safe. Uh, yesterday was just a day of a new beginning. And let's just hope that there's prosperity and peace for all of us. And by all means, be safe and maintain proper compassion and empathy for all. Thank you very much, everyone. Bye-bye. This is Gregory Proctor, episode 75. All of your energy is going to your mouth. Take care. Bye-bye.